This is Victoria of TheUnleashedHeart.com, and you're listening to Grieving Voices, a podcast for hurting hearts who desire to be heard, or anyone who wants to learn how to better support loved ones experiencing loss. As a 30-plus year griever and advanced grief recovery method specialist, I know how badly the conversation around grief needs to change. Through this podcast, I aim to educate grievers and non-grievers alike, spread hope, and inspire compassion toward those hurting. Lastly, by providing my heart with ears and this platform, grievers have the opportunity to share their wisdom and stories of loss and resiliency. How about we talk about grief like we talk about the weather? Let's get started. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for listening to Grieving Voices today. I am your host, Victoria Volk of The Unleashed Heart, and today this is episode 89, a takeaways and reflections episode from 80, episode 88 with Michelle Benio, a mother and daughter living forward after loss. And I'm going to just dive right into it because this one is going to be all about the children and the child grievers out there, which I was one. And if you haven't heard my story, just real briefly, my father was diagnosed with colon cancer stage four when I was um, six years old or so, maybe about seven, six to seven. He was given three to four months to live at the time but he made it almost 16 months. And so shortly after my eighth birthday, he had passed away. And so during that time, I was bounced around from house to house during those 16 months while he was in and out of the hospital, um, had having surgeries. He had a colostomy bag. Um, they kind of tried everything I guess they could, but it wasn't enough. And... I really had to grow up fast, and as many children do who experience a significant loss of a parent or a guardian or a caretaker or someone who has greatly influenced their life, it doesn't have to be a parent, and it can even be just the loss of a pet can be absolutely devastating and crushing for a child. There is no hierarchy of loss because we all grieve at 100% and every relationship that we have is unique to us. Therefore, our grief is also unique. What I'd like to talk about today is the creation of adult victims. And what do I mean by that? Well, if you've listened to enough of my episodes, you will know and you've had me heard me say before that adulthood is childhood reenactments, and that's what we say in grief recovery, and it's absolutely the truth. Because as adults, when our backs are up against the wall, when we're faced with challenges, when we find ourselves emotionally razzled, challenged, we're struggling, we will always resort to the information and the experiences that we've had. But the information that we know which is often based on our experiences, but it's also information that has been passed down to us. It is the beliefs and those patterns that have probably continued on for generations within your family. And 
my family was no different. You know, there was no talk of grief. There was no talk of, there really just wasn't very much emotional intelligence in the home. And that's like many, many homes, even back in the 80s and even today. Because again, these things are cyclic. This information that continues to get passed down, it impacts the future generation. And this is how patterns and cycles continue. So unless we learn differently, and unless we learn how to address our grief, we will pass those lessons down to our children. And so today is really about how you as a parent can set up your child for the best response to grief possible. Now, what does that mean? That means that for you to pass down those lessons, you need to understand your own as well. But I'm going to give you some information today that will hopefully cause some reflection and introspection. And it's not to judge. It's not to criticize. It is to put the children first. And it is with love from my heart to yours. Because as a grieving child, nobody really knew what to do with me. Nobody knew what to say. And so they said nothing. And I became the child that didn't speak unless spoken to. I really became small and the wallflower. And I became a people pleaser, too. Children are the most vulnerable when they're grieving because they're easily manipulated and taken advantage of and influenced, right? Because unless they're taught or unless it's emulated for them, children don't really know how to emotionally regulate themselves. And so when you have a devastating loss or trauma, or in my case, both, that's a lot for a child to understand and cope with. What children do is they make up their own stories when the guidance isn't there or when there isn't someone supporting their grief in a healthy way. And so children have a, an imagination, right? Children are very imaginative. And so you can imagine the stories that children tell themselves when something bad happens to them. And you can see where this creates a lot of issues with self-worth into adulthood. And so this is where I'm going to start today. In childhood, it is very common to hear statements like, don't do that, you'll make your father angry, or you make mommy feel so proud. And if you listen closely to those phrases, you'll notice that they suggest that someone else makes them feel a certain way. As a result, a victim foundation is laid with the idea that other people are the chief architects of our feelings. And because children are very, very smart, they quickly realize that if they have the power to make mom or dad feel something, then mom or dad can make them feel something. As the adults, we often mistakenly say or imply that the words or actions of others are the primary cause of the child's feelings. And the underlying message is that others 
made the child feel a certain way. Say, for example, you're stuck in traffic or someone cuts you off, which that's happened to probably anyone here listening, and your response is, oh, they made me so mad, they cut me off in traffic, and I was then late for work and because they drove so slow, but they cut me off. And I mean, this is a very generalized example, but if your child's in the back seat and they're hearing this, they're hearing that someone else made mommy angry. Someone cut mommy off in traffic and that person made mommy angry. And I remember when my husband and I, I don't know if it was in our parenting early on or I'm not even sure when, but I remember it just made me so mad <laughs> because it, I think deep down I knew it was the truth. But he would say, nobody makes you angry. You make yourself angry. And it really took me personally a long time to accept that because I spent so much of my life being angry. I was an angry child. I was an angry teenager, and I became an angry adult. And it wasn't until I learned the importance of 1% responsibility, which is what we talk about in grief recovery, taking 1% responsibility, where it really clicked for me. And this is why I think so many adults who were victimized as children or grew up in the victim mindset environment into adulthood have such a difficult time with forgiveness. And I think that is a lot of the reason why forgiveness is so hard, because even in the worst of circumstances, let's say child abuse, it is possible to forgive. And not saying that as a child who is abused that you have any ownership in that and what happened, but you always have ownership and responsibility for how you feel and how you respond to others. And so that was a long process for me. Not a long process because grief recovery is is uh, time-based. You can start it and know that you're not going to be, you know, going on a therapist's couch for six months or a year. So I was able to quickly learn how to forgive, and that was very transforming for, transformative for me. Can you see through that example of being cut off in traffic or any other daily life example you can think of where you've, where you've felt wronged or where you believe someone else made you feel a certain way is dangerous for children. It really sets them up to believe that the idea that they are responsible for the feelings of others, which automatically sets them up to believe that others can be responsible for their feelings. So where is the ownership in all of that? So what do you do instead? Well, you learn how to communicate more accurately about emotions, which your children will then copy and learn. So in simplest terms, comments like, you really make me angry need to be restructured. That statement makes the other person responsible for how you feel, where it is more accurate to say, I am angry. This can be one of the most powerful life lessons you teach your children. You must become aware of your use of the idea of others causing you to feel. And as you change your language, your children will change too. When we learn how to restructure how we feel into I statements, we are first identifying our own emotions, but then we're also taking, there's a sense of responsibility 
in that when we say, I am angry, and it's more honest, it's more authentic as well. And it serves us when it comes to grief. Most of us have been taught not to dwell on the past, to let bygones be bygones, and to remember that what's done is done. And in the When Children Grieve book, it states that all of that well-meaning advice is dangerous because the human mind and heart operate in very specific ways. One of the things that happens naturally is that our brain reviews a relationship and discovers everything that it thinks could have ended differently, better, or more. It is our nature to do this, and we are much better advised to follow our nature than to fight it. The only thing we need to add is what to do with the discoveries after they have been made. And through grief recovery, that's where you learn how to do this. That's what I learned when I went through the process myself. I was able to discover and complete the thoughts and feelings that I had for all of the relationships that I've worked on through grief recovery, because once you learn it, you have it for life. But you have to learn that misinformation first, such as taking the responsibility for your feelings, for your emotions. And in grief recovery, part of the foundation of the grief education is talking about the six myths, which I didn't even mention, but grieving alone is a big one, because often children are told to not be crybabies or things like that. And what happens then is when the adults who have experienced a loss do not openly communicate how they're feeling, children learn to hide their feelings as well. And so this is why the cycle repeats itself. Personally, I've heard people say that, for example, someone had a grandparent die, had their parent die, and their daughter really had a close relationship with the grandfather. But the daughter of the grandfather did not want the daughter to talk about her grandpa because it made her upset. And so the child essentially couldn't even share happy memories of her grandfather because it would make her mother upset. So then she internalized that. I am making my mom upset, right? And so it's affirming just what I've said previously about how a child is taking responsibility for how the mother feels. But this is something that's passed on to our kids. As parents, we do this ourselves. We do this. Teachers, mentors, coaches, faculty of schools, or what have you. We do this to children because we don't know any better, because we don't understand grief ourselves. As adults, we haven't processed our own grief. And I say this as someone who used to be that parent that passed on those lessons to my kids. I did the very same things that I'm talking about. And so this is information that sets up our children for the rest of their lives. And it's why I'm so passionate, too, about the grief recovery method, the Helping Children with Loss program, which can also be, you know, I can offer that program online in groups. But Helping Children with Loss is prevention. But I also believe that the grief recovery method for parents to go through that is also prevention because it breaks the cycle and it it breaks those patterns that are passed down generation to generation. Undelivered emotional communications are about the things we wish we had said or did or about things we wish had not said or done. And they're also about the things we wish the other person had said or done or had not said or done. 
And so children are highly sensitive to the sorts of things that fall into those categories. It is our job as parents and caretakers and caregivers to help children discover undelivered emotional communications. But it's equally imperative that as the adults, we understand our own as well. Because if we as a family suffer a great loss, wouldn't it be better if you could grieve together as a family than each person isolating themselves or the children feeling like they can't talk about it because it'll make someone else upset? This is why understanding grief and caring to know about it is so important. Future generations hinge on this information. We can continue to have adults walking around like victims, or we can become adults who are emotionally intelligent, who have learned how to process our emotions, how to healthily share our emotions, and to take ownership of them too. And through grief recovery, learn the action steps so that when a loss does occur, we can let go of the pain, but hold on to the memories. And that's what grief recovery does. And that's what helping children with loss does. It, it gives the parents and the caregivers and the caretakers the tools to help children understand and acknowledge their undelivered communications. And there's no better gift than that. Because had I had someone who could have helped me navigate all of my emotions and my pain and my trauma and all of that, I don't think my life would have, well, it probably wouldn't have turned out the way it did. But I wouldn't have suffered for as long as I did. And I think there are many, many adults walking around who felt just like I did. Lost, alone, and fearful. I think we disconnect from ourselves, especially with trauma. But also that can happen with devastating loss. And shut down a part of ourselves. And it really becomes an excavation and discovery process to find ourselves again. I think there's so much more I could say on this. Um, actually, I'll, I'll add this. So I've, I've been pondering lately, too, how much personality plays a role in, in how we grieve. And I personally, I'm an INFP, if you're familiar with Myers-Briggs, and, and I'll actually put the quiz for that, the link in the show notes. But I'm also a Pisces and so it feels like a double whammy. But I've also had trauma and many losses throughout my life. And so growing up as a highly sensitive child and experiencing the losses and trauma that I did, the world felt very heavy to me. And I really truly felt like I was I was on a foreign foreign planet or something. I often felt like I didn't fit in. I didn't know where I fit in. Um, I felt awkward, you know, and I felt very different than other kids did, I think. I, I genuinely didn't know how to be happy. I didn't have a lot of happiness surrounding me. And so I've just been pondering on that lately about being a highly sensitive person, an empathic person that tends to take in other people's energy and being very sensitive to other people's energy. And so that's what I want to highlight, too, is being given these messages of, you know, let's say I made my mom angry on top of feeling and taking in that energy of me making my mom angry, for example. Boy, you just never feel like you're ever good enough. You grow up feeling you're just not good enough, that nothing you can say or do is ever good enough. Very sensitive to criticism. And I was, I used to be 
very sensitive to criticism. Yeah, I just think there's a lot to that. And so if you're a highly sensitive or empathic adult today, I'd be curious to hear from you if you've experienced grief, not if, but when, because we all have experienced a loss of some kind. What your experience was being a highly sensitive child or empathic person who's experienced also grief, loss, or trauma. Please reach out to me. I would love to know if, yeah, what your experience was. Not that, again, one loss is worse than another or because I'm a highly sensitive person or I'm empathic that my grief hurts more than someone who's not considered themselves highly sensitive. But I just think there's something to it that it really feels like this dark pit. Well, I guess grief feels like that, doesn't it, regardless? I guess I can only speak from my experience in that it just felt really heavy. Life just felt really heavy. And I can tell you, when I went through grief recovery, it felt like a mountain had been taken off my shoulders. And so I think as highly sensitive children and absorbing other people's emotions and feelings and taking responsibility for other people's emotions and feelings and then having loss on top of loss added on, really, truly, it is it is a wonder that I'm sitting here and talking to you through this podcast, to be honest. It's shaped me for this work that I do today, and I, I, don't, I wouldn't change it, I guess. But I have wondered what my life would have been like had my mother had these tools at her disposal. And so if there's anything that you do today as a parent or caregiver or caretaker or guardian, please go to Amazon and pick up the book, When Children Grieve. It's for adults to help children deal with death, divorce, pet loss, moving, and any other loss. And I will put the link in the show notes for that. And remember, when you unleash your heart, you unleash your life. Much love. From my heart to yours, thank you for listening. If you like this episode, please share it, because sharing is caring. And until next time, give and share compassion by being a heart with ears. And if you're hurting, know that what you're feeling is normal and natural. Much love, my friend.